Hello and welcome to Groovecast, the podcast for the rhythm section with me, Ashley Walker. And me, Charlie Smith. And uh, it's been a long time, hasn't it, Charlie, since we last recorded? It feels good to be back. It does. It's been a while. Yeah, and uh, we've sort of been coming up with different ideas for stuff we can talk about. I know this one's sort of your brainchild. Yeah, we've we've kind of done the top three thing a bit already. Uh, and it was a case of how many different ways can we shoehorn top threes into Groovecast episodes, because it's something we very much enjoy doing. Um, and I can't remember where the idea came from, but it was about taking a particular artist who's done a lot, of which there are many, uh, and then picking three songs each that fit certain categories. Mm. So in the sort of categories that when we we discussed it, we narrowed it down to was the obvious one. So something that was probably a big hit or very successful or is a song that you probably associate with that artist or whoever, producer, songwriter, musician, session player, whatever. Uh, The groovy one, which is one that we just like because it has a great groove or a great feel or is just irresistible to talk about on a groove podcast. Uh, And the last one is the deep cut. So something that might not be as well known, but that we think is, is worth listening to or worth, worth seeking out. So I think, I think they were the three that we, we settled on. Uh, And then we had the, the lovely job of selecting an artist to, uh, to trial this with. So we thought we'd we'd pick someone who's had a a pretty decent career. It's probably it must be said, uh, and someone we both listen to probably quite a lot, which is Paul McCartney. Um, yeah. We've sort of avoided Beatles stuff because we'll probably do that in another episode on this format because yeah. there's there's enough Beatles stuff to probably last as a whole series of episodes. Um, <laughs> We could probably do this with every single album and, and still pick different things. Uh, so yeah. we've we've just kept uh, solo McCartney stuff, uh, collaborations that he might have done, and Wings era stuff when he was sort of still him solo with a couple of extra people around him. Yeah, so I think I think that's the kind of this is we're looking at McCartney from about nineteen seventy one onwards. Yeah. I think that's probably about fair to say. Yeah. But um sure. yeah, anyway, let's dive in. Um we'll I think we'll start with the obvious ones because yeah. they're probably going to be the the ones that that we've probably got less to talk about with, but it's still uh they still are on the list for a reason, so I'll throw over to you to uh reveal your first pick. Yeah, I was I was kind of split on this one between um, "Live and Let Die," which is probably my favourite James Bond theme, and I think one of McCartney's best sort of post Beatles stuff. Um, I was split between that and the one I've gone for, which is "Maybe I'm Amazed," which I think is a really lovely song. Um, and then listening to it, um, it's one of the songs I listen to and have on my playlist from his live shows. Uh, I think is a really good song as well and um it's got great playing on it from him on piano obviously um i love the live versions of it uh that he still he still has it in his set to this day i believe 
yeah um, i think so i love I love the uh, when they do it live that little outro section, which I think goes to like B flat. Um, I think it just takes it to another level and lifts it. And um, the first time I heard the sort of live version of it was actually uh, Nora Jones and Dave Grohl doing it on the Kennedy Center uh, tribute to McCartney, mm-hmm. and so that's a really cool version which you can check out on YouTube um, of those two chalk and cheese vocally. I think, <laughs> uh, but both suit it really well. Um, yeah, and I think this was on his first album, wasn't it? On McCart, on it was, McCartney. Yeah, it was on McCartney. Yeah. Uh, so obviously Paul McCartney played all the instruments on that, um, like bass, guitar, uh, piano, organ, and then I think the only other person on it was Linda McCartney singing some backing vocals. Mm-hmm. So just to right. have, just to have him and drums, of course just to have him doing all those instruments is an achievement in in itself and uh yeah it's just a really cool track i love it it's one of my favorite mccartney solo songs and it's an obvious mccartney song so that's yeah, the one i ab- went absolutely for. it was i think it was probably his first big post beatles hit yeah or at least it was so. around that time because that was it was yeah. probably what 71 72 yes. ish yeah. yeah i'm just trying to think because i know wings sort of came around quickly after that which leads yeah, us I fi- quite nice yeah yeah into yeah, my yeah. first pick uh <laughs> what were you gonna say i was gonna say um yeah i think he wrote it kind of as the beatles were ending so yeah i think that's about right yeah and uh, obviously i'm uh, I, I suspect written about linda yeah yeah um but yeah anyway on to my first pick uh which was band on the run which obviously from the the wings uh album of the same name was about 1973 i think uh mm. without looking at my uh my crib sheets <laughs> too much um but yeah i mean what is that to say about band on the run it, it's like it, it's a three song medley mm. it, it, you know it's very sort of reminiscent of what they did on abbey road of just shoehorning songs together <laughs> and yeah in this case it really works you know it sort of starts as that slow s- groove with the organ fills, then it goes into more more of a, a sort of a rock rock funk vibe, and then you get that really big dramatic, um, sort of unison run up the up the scale, and then out into this almost Eagles like acoustic guitar sort of driven uh, tune, and then a bit of slide guitar on the solo, which always is I love I love a really nice slide solo. I think it just can lift a song. Um, yeah. You know, obviously we've just heard a lot of that on the uh on Now and Then which they just put out um recently as we as we're recording this. Um so yeah, things you know that that was sort of a a real favorite track. And I think as as much like his solo stuff it's pretty much him on all of it. Uh, with Linda doing some organ and and some backing vocals, and then Denny Lane, who's who's not long passed away, um, who was playing uh, guitar on it and some and some BVs. So, yeah, it's it's pretty much just the three of them did that. I think they did the whole album mm. uh, together. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's funny that when I when I actually look at it, two of my picks are from that band on the Run album. It just shows the the quality of stuff he was putting out at that to at that 
time in the early 70s was just i mean it was for me it was still pretty much beatles level yeah yeah i can't help but um when you say with all the i think with all the picks we've gone for certainly the these um sort of ones from that 70s late 70s early 80s kind of period they're all very of the time and like you were saying with um with this it's almost kind of prog rocky vibes with the different sections and um yeah you can't help when it goes into that sort of funky rocky section um i can never you can't help but sort of bob your head to it and yeah, it's like it's, it really grooves and it is and it, and when they do it live as well with his his current band who he's had for 25 30 years it just sounds really fat you know it's it's yeah. it it sounds as close to the album as you'll as you're gonna get you know but with with it still having that sort of raw in the moment feel about it which is which is really cool um yeah and so yeah it's def- definitely it was i mean I, I always loved that song and then obviously hearing it on some of the live albums seeing them do it live a couple of times it's like yeah it's, it's yeah a, you've the, got the the advantage in that field of you've probably seen a lot of these songs live of him doing uh, live, a lot of them you? yeah um obviously maybe i'm amazed it's been as you said in the set list for pretty much consistently uh band on the run same and i think both of my other picks he's done at least on one of the occasions that i've seen him um i, th- I, th- I think it's worth to say as uh worth saying as well that um what I was thinking with maybe I'm amazed and with band on the run and certainly with uh, I, I wrote about one of my other picks is it's all and to this day strong really strong vocal performances and the verse the versatility in his uh, in his range and everything in all of these songs maybe I'm amazed band on the run how ridiculously high he gets and um, and having that like he has that real rocker gritty voice when he wants it and and then all the screaming high falsetto stuff and you know, yeah. still does all these tunes to this day, doesn't he? Yeah, and he can still sing a great ballad as well. Mm. You know, it's it's just that total versatility and being able to do that while playing bass or playing guitar or playing mandolin or playing piano. You know, it doesn't doesn't really matter what he's doing. He's he's still sounds amazing. You know. Yeah. So yeah, let's get on to groovy ones. So this. This is a bit more of a a specific groovecast pick. Yeah. So let's let's throw it over to yours and see see what you went for. Yeah, well listen uh sort of trying to find this one. There's quite a few of his uh sort of solo and wing stuff that I've got into recently and kind of surprised at, at sort of the, the this different as we were saying, the versatility and, and sort of the range of um music in it and you have like disco-y feel songs and funky ones and um and one of the ones that we've had sort of uh on that track of the week thing we did i think you talked about one of them you might be talking about it uh later on and so there's a lot of those so i was trying i was thinking of those and then i was trying to think of something not too obvious and i remembered the album tug of war which was the first mccartney solo album i ever got um quite a while ago and this track was on there called What's That You're Doing? And it features Stevie Wonder, which is a good start for a funky track. Um, and once again, it's very of its era. Uh, it's kind of got that late 
70s, early 80s synth sounds in there. I'm pretty sure it, the actual track came about just sort of through a jam and the main riff in that song, um, which is kind of being played by the bass and the guitar and, and the synths. Uh, again, I think like these other tracks we've been talking about, it doesn't feature many uh, people on it other than McCartney playing bass drums, uh, guitar, vocal. I think he might be playing synth on it as well. Stevie Wonder plays synth on it. And then he has his um, one of his guitarists and guys at the time, Eric Stewart, playing guitar and backing vocals. Um, I think this whole album was kind of produced as well with the help of George Martin. So it's there's some real Beatlesy sounding stuff on there. Um, but yeah, I really this was like one of my favourite tracks on the album when I listened to it like other, all those years ago. Um, and I love at the end of it. You can tell it's kind of built on a jam, but by the at the end of it, when it, they're kind of just going round and round and they're singing, uh, it's almost just testing different ideas. And you've got Stevie Wonder sings um, the "She Loves You" line, the real Beatles throwback. Um, I remember when I first heard it, being like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah, um, I, I'm, yeah. I'm with you, and I think for, for me, it's a shame that Ebony and Ivory was the more successful collaboration with the two of them, because. I prefer what's that you do personally. I think it's yeah. a, it's a, it's got it's a more interesting song. Obviously, Ebony and Ivory, great song, and probably way more commercial. Yeah, but also very also like quite controversial. Really, people. Mm. I remember reading about McCartney. I think that's where I learned that this was kind of from a jam. Was at the time when that song came out. It's one of the most popular duets of that century, but it's also one of the most hated by people as well. They just hate it that it's like this thing of friendship and <laughs> miserable people. Yeah, it is. It's it's a weird one, but I I for me on on the grounds of the song itself, I think what's that you're doing's got more about it. It's a bit more sort of just raw and letting them letting their personalities come come through in it and just doing something a bit different, which is it's kind of nice to hear especially yeah. you know from both of them sticking them in the same room and just seeing what happens and, and you, 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 as you say you can hear that sort of spontaneous sort of vibey sound just coming coming through yeah i think as well from that era i was kind of after i was always going to pick this one but you could also go groovy ones kind of those the collaborations he did with michael jackson on uh, the girl is mine and say 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 i think are both cool tracks and again sort of same thing hearing those two put their own spin on on those tracks but yeah that was my groovy groovy one yeah about yourself uh, uh yeah so as you sort of referenced before we we did the little track of the week series while uh while we were off off the air so to speak um and this was one of my picks for that as well just because I think it's such an underrated Wings era song, and it's off the Venus and Mars album, I think. No, it's not. It's off Band on the Run. Um, <laughs> no, I'm going to backtrack on that. I didn't pick this as a track of the week. I picked the other one, which is from Venus and Mars's track of the week, but this was my oh. second pick, which I didn't use then, but I'm going to use now. Uh but both of them, uh, the, the the song I was referencing of Venus and Mars is Letting Go, which is a great song uh, yeah. and worth listening to as a as, as an extra uh, extra little uh, bonus pick. But the one that I went f- 
for just on groove alone was uh, let me roll it which is oh, yeah. another one that's again been a pretty pretty much a mainstay of his live set um and i just like it's got a, a really different feel from anything that he's done sort of of that sort of era which is it's sort of bluesy 12-8 pretty lazy and that whole intro is just organ bass and drums and the bass is playing the melody that's sort of the driving melody in all of that sort of lazy swirly organ and the the sort of the laid back drums um and it it just it's really high in the mix and i I quite like that (laughs) that it's just that you know i mean mccartney's a bass player uh, you know as much as as much as anything else and it's great to hear him playing really great bass line and it coming through and, and being the star of of that part of the song before mm. anything else comes in and then obviously you get that little funky guitar riff that comes in and and recurs throughout pretty much the rest of the song which which just sits nice because it just it's just it's not one of those riffs that's just constant over and over again it just pops in every now and again and just it's like yeah it just reminds <laughs> you that it's there but yeah. um but yeah so it was yeah, this was off uh, Band on the Run. Uh, so again, same personnel as as we talked about uh, before. Linda McCartney on organ and and BVs, Denny Lane on guitar and BVs, Paul McCartney on pretty much everything else. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's funny when I was reading up about it how how much the vocal track on that is compared to John Lennon because it's got that sort of tape echo. It's it's sort of a very Lennon sound, which I think even Paul McCartney said it was very even though it wasn't intentional to be a sort of a pastiche of a Lennon track, that's what it sort of ended up being. Mm. Um but yeah, I just I just really like the the feel of it. I think it just it's you're hearing a a beetle doing the blues, which is kind of kind <laughs> of odd, but it, it works. Is this, um, I think, when he does it live, is this the one where he does the sort of tribute to Jimi Hendrix at the end of it? I think he does sometimes, yeah. He, he'll put Yeah, the, he does that little the, solo the, section yeah. at the end. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, again, when you watch the band doing it live now, the amount of space Abel of Oriel Jr. is leaving is, you know, he's just got his arms in the air for what feels like an eternity, but just lands it so well um there was a version i just I, I was i came across which i don't think i'd seen before of them doing it on jules holland years and years and years ago um and he, he, yeah it's just it, it's so laid back it's so not busy in any way and it's yeah. just letting the song happen and that's that was one of the things i just really liked about it and you know it's just the guitar is almost taking a back seat and letting the bass do most of the work, which I'm sure is something you'll be a fan of as a bass yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly one of those uh, one of those tracks I always uh, turn up when I watch the uh, when you see his live shows when he did it at Glastonbury and um, yeah, as you say, a really great groove on it and yeah, and thinking about it, it is very different from the other stuff he does. It's not, it's it's. Uh, yeah, it's very unique. Um, 
in that feel, that real laid back thing. Yeah. Um, you don't hear yeah. many Paul McCartney songs in 12 8, do you? <laughs> no. I can't really think of many off the top of my head. <laughs> Bluesy 12 8 tunes. That's yeah. the one. But yeah, so yeah, that, and, that's... and when he when he does do it live as well, that it does have that sixties. Um, you can definitely I understand what he's saying with the Lennon thing and the actual like when he does it live does sound very sort of sixties Beatles. Yeah, it's very it's very sort of Beatlesy in in that in that way. It's you know when they were especially towards when they were starting to get into like um, uh, the Let It Be album and they were really getting into their their blues with you know, with Billy Preston and stuff influencing. Yeah. It sort of is a bit of a hark back to to some of the stuff on there for me. It sort of yeah. has that sort of raw, raucous sound to it, which I kind of like. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, so my... Uh, so the, the last one was sort of the deep cut. Um, and this one was... Uh, this one was probably the easiest one for me to pick because... Uh, this track's one I'd never heard of till I think this year, maybe earlier this year. Um, it's off his Flaming Pie album, um, and I think the f- the way I sort of heard it was it came up on YouTube as a recommended thing to watch, and it's it's a track called Beautiful Night, um, and you should absolutely watch the video on YouTube of them making the track. You can see it with uh, you know, and it features. It's a real hark back to the Beatles, I think, and um, I just love the fact um, and researching it how many Beatles people were on it. Um, I knew obviously Ringo Starr's on it on drums, percussion, and backing vocals, and then at the end he kind of takes the lead on it. You've got McCartney, of course. Um, George Martin did the string arrangements for it, and he's in the uh, in the little video of the making of it. And then you've got Jeff Emmerich as the audio engineer who was the Beatles engineer through all the the 60s so um yeah big throwback and then you've got Jeff Lynne in the mix which we both love Jeff Lynne I think and um yeah he's he's sort of co-producing it he plays guitar on it backing vocals and um you don't uh, there's there was sort of I think a bit of controversy at the time or some people who didn't like Jeff Lynne kind of uh, some people didn't like him being involved in that free as a bird and real love uh th- those singles from the beatles they thought they he put too much of his stamp on it and then with the flaming pie stuff where he, which he produced as well some people just seem to be obsessed with saying it just sounds like ELO um this track doesn't sound like ELO at all to me but there is definitely a um I think once I knew it was him producing it and playing guitar on it, there is something in some of those guitar riffs that I can hear is is him and in the the making of this single, uh, well not single, the making of this track uh, in the video you can see him and McCartney working on it and in his home studio and um, yeah, it's just a really nice song. I love the the verses and stuff. I think have some really nice chords in it. Um, you can see McCartney playing piano on it in the the video. Um, and then at the end, you've got a real um, sort of. I thought it made me think of in the end, the on off of Abbey Road, that section where they're trading off guitar solos. In the sort of outro coda section, if you like, of this song, it goes into a real 60s feel. Ringo taking the lead, 
McCartney singing harmony and then he's doing some solos over the top which could so easily be the three of them George John and Paul trading off on it and um yeah it's, it's I just think it's a really great track and one that I don't know I think it got to 25 in the charts at the time something like that so it's probably one most people wouldn't know it's he doesn't do it live um it's a great vocal performance once again on it uh, and a real catchy chorus as well I think so yeah I love it love this track yeah and it's it's funny you should bring that up because my pick is also from the Flaming Pie album my deep cut pick uh, it isn't the same track, but it is from that that same album, um, which is really irritating because you've just nicked half of my notes already. Uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, so the, the 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 tune that I picked from that was actually the title track, uh, "Flaming Pie," which he has played live on occasion. Uh, yeah. I think less so recently. I think he definitely played it the first time I saw him in 2010. And I think it's on it's probably on the Good Evening New York City uh, yeah. live album DVD um, as well. Um, and I just thought it, it had a, a bit of a funkiness to it, which I quite liked. It's quite a, a straight ahead eighth note groove all the way through. It's very sort of middle era Beatles for me. Mm. It sort of harks back to that. But you've also got this little funky piano interlude, which just comes around twice which is, um, you know, just a little bit of boogie-woogie almost, but not to Jules <laughs> Holland levels, of course, um, <laughs> that just pops in for a couple of bars and then disappears again, uh, which is, it just adds something different. Um, and, of course, it has that little offbeat guitar thing through uh, through one of the, the little pre-choruses as well, which is half interlude, half little bit of a guitar solo um mm. without it being a guitar solo which is it's just a real contrast to what's other otherwise kind of a very similar feel and groove just mm. chugging through the rest of the song um and yeah as you said uh that album was produced by George Martin and Jeff Lynne so it's it's definitely got that that influence on it and you know I always got get irritated when people put down Jeff Lynn and his involvement with the Beatles because the, the, the root thing of it is he worked with all pretty much all of them he definitely worked on loads of George Harrison stuff he worked on this album with McCartney he worked on an album I think with Ringo as well or, or definitely with a you know even on this album worked with with Ringo and at one point I think in the 70s John Lennon was quoted as saying his favorite song at the time was Showdown by ELO and he used to call ELO Sons of Beatles because he, he, he liked that they were taking stuff that the Beatles had done and sort of pushing it forward a bit more. So, yeah, yeah you know, I think Jeff Lynne was, you know, yes, he's got his own sort of sound, but that's probably why you hire him. You hire him because yeah, yeah. you like what he's done, you know, with whether it's with ELO or whether it's the stuff he did with Roy Orbison or Tom Petty or the Wilburys or whatever that's that's his bag that's his thing um yeah. and and this album was recorded pretty much straight after the whole real love free as a bird project and the anthology mm. thing um so so having the jeff lynn and george martin involvement sort of was probably was really um it must have just flowed on from from them doing that 
McCartney must have really liked what Jeff had done and and sort of wanted him to work then on on this. And yeah, yeah as as you say, it's just you know it's it's great playing all around. There isn't a ton of session players in in the in the, the context of the rhythm section. There's obviously lots of string players, um, wind players, and all of that. And uh, as of course, looking through the credits as we do before before we we talk about stuff like this. Uh, what name pops up but uh, Snake Davis? Yeah, who was on uh, who was on some of the tracks on that on on sax, um, as well as uh, I think Dave Bishop's on it as well, who's another one of the great session sax players from from London way, um, and yeah, so it's just quality playing all round. And I'm sure uh, the fact that Snake Davis's name's come up can give you a little something to talk about that may or yeah, may not well, be coming out very soon. Yeah, shameless plug time. Um, yeah, we've, it's been cool uh, on on the new album that'll be releasing. Snake plays on one of the tracks. It's a track called Pilot, a really funky thing. Maybe that could have been our groovy pick. Maybe that'll be a groovy pick in the future. Who knows? Know. Um, That's it. Yeah, these you've heard some of his playing on it and yeah what a player yeah, i heard is, i yeah. heard a snippet but i've not heard it in context yet so no. i'm excited to but, to get the uh get the lowdown when it's all put together um so it's it's me and mccartney it's like the only stuff he does really isn't yeah, it yeah you know it's just <laughs> just from just from from mccartney to you that's the that's the the trajectory of a career yeah you know <laughs> yeah. the the peak somewhere in the middle <laughs> but um yeah, so but yeah cool. so it's it it's sort of nice for uh a nice tenuous link that we were able to uh make cuz i think as we speak one of the singles that uh by the time this will be out should be out it won't yeah. be it won't be the one with snake on it but it will be a single from you yeah. and from this forthcoming album yeah, and features you on drums and percussion, and um, yeah, you can go and check out a little snippet of it on my Facebook and Instagram of Charlie playing along, laying down some grooves on it. It's called Free Spirit, so that'll be available everywhere you get your your music: Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Deezer, YouTube, everywhere. You can ask Alexa. Well, I hope there's no Alexa in here. But um, yeah, but yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't be a groove cla- a groove cast if we didn't finish with a uh, a slightly shameless plug on uh, on one of our no. behalfs. Um, yeah. But it, it seemed only apt, um, and it is. Yeah, I think it was. A, a, we've had a pretty good rundown of um, McCartney's non-Beatles career. Uh, yeah. In in six tunes. So just to recap, let's just quickly fly through the the six tunes that you the listener might want to go and go away and listen to right now so ash the obvious one maybe i'm amazed and for me it was band on the run the groovy one what's that you're doing and for me it was let let me roll it and finally the deep cut beautiful night and flaming pie so yeah go away listen to those and of course dive into some of the the mccartney albums and the wings albums because I mean, they're they're all great. They've all got yeah. stuff in. I mean, particularly, I think on this little episode we've discussed, it's been all about uh, McCartney, his first solo album, uh, and Tug of War from You, 
as well as uh, Band on the Run from me and, of course, Flaming Pie for, for both of us at the end there. So, uh, yeah, I think that was a pretty pretty comprehensive look. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to doing another one in the future. Yeah, maybe maybe with Jeff Lynn at some point, because I think, I think there's probably plenty that we could uh, select from his, not only his ELO catalogue, but people he's collaborated with, produced for, worked with. I think that might be yeah. that might well be the next episode of uh, of this format that we put together. For sure, yeah. Well, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Groovecast, and we'll see you next time. See you next time.